Today we're going to try and answer some fundamental questions like, will Lucy ever be sorry for tricking Charlie Brown? Will she ever apologize? Should Charlie Brown forgive Lucy? These are important questions, and we're going to try to answer them today. I would like to talk about forgiveness today, and uh, this is a topic that can stir up some emotions, so we're going to kind of take it slowly and easily today, but I really am excited to share with you uh, today. And uh, I'd like to start off with a story about forgiveness in my own life. As uh, some of you know, my wife and I were missionaries in France for 15 years. During the last 10 years, we were on the staff of a small Bible school. And um, uh, during two of those years, I was actually the director of the Bible school. Well, towards the end, about a week before uh, the school was going to end that year, uh, one of the students said he wanted to talk to me in private. So he came into my office and he started to strongly criticize one of the staff couples. And then he urged me to fire this couple and hire him and his wife in their place. Well, I said we were actually quite happy with this couple and we wouldn't be able to hire another staff couple at this time. A few days later, he caused a huge uproar in the school, to the point where we had to cancel the last days of class, we had to cancel the graduation ceremony. The staff was devastated. This man also spread lies about the staff in the cities, in that area, created a division among Christians. It took the staff months to get over this. I finally uh, and, uh, uh, forgave the student, and then uh, a few years later, my wife and I moved back here to Minnesota, and the incident just kind of faded into the past. But about 10 years later, I was sitting in a Bible class here at City Hill called Walking in Wholeness. Anybody remember Walking in Wholeness from several years ago? The teacher was talking about forgiveness. And he said, one of the ways that you can tell if you have completely forgiven someone is if you see them again, you don't have any bad feelings towards them. Immediately, the student came to my mind. And I realized I had not completely forgiven him because I still had some really bad thoughts about this guy. So that night in prayer, I released that student to the Lord and I forgave him again. Immediately, it was as if a huge weight had just been lifted from my shoulders. I had never experienced anything like that before. It was a life-changing event for me. And my desire for each of us today is that every one of us would experience that freedom that comes from completely forgiving people. Are you ready for this? All right, here we go. 
The theme of offenses and forgiving people is everywhere, isn't it? We see it in stories, we see it in plays, we even see it in animated films. And of course, this is a family service. We've got some kids here, so we're going to have a few movie clips today. The uh, story that we're going to look at first is called The Tale of Despero, French, of course. This is a story in which a tiny mouse named Despero, who has huge ears and an even bigger heart, becomes a hero. I'm going to give you a little summary. There's a good-hearted rat named Roscuro who accidentally falls into the queen's bowl of soup. Despite his best efforts to calm the queen, she dies of fright. Her daughter, the princess, blames Roscuro, of course, for her mother's death, and he is banished to the dungeon. He vows revenge on the princess. The king's grief brings darkness and drought on his entire kingdom. And in addition, he outlaws soup and rats. <laughs> Meanwhile, a peasant farmer feels forced to give up his baby daughter, Mig, when his wife dies. Mig grows up and becomes a servant to the royal family, but comes to resent the princess and forces her one day into the dungeon. There, she is in danger of being eaten by rats. Roscuro, the rat, is given the opportunity to seal her fate. Let's see what he does. Wait, wait just a moment. Patience. Not just yet. The honor is all yours, my friend. Okay, remember when we said that grief was the strongest thing a person could feel? Well, it isn't. It's forgiveness. Because a single act of forgiveness can change everything. No. What? You worthless little...
So, Roskiro and Despero save the princess. Let's have a cheer. Yes. The king also has a change of heart. Sunlight, soup, and rats are restored to the kingdom. But forgiveness is still needed. Let's see the end of the story now. Thank you, my good gentleman. I am sorry. I'm the one who should be sorry. I'm so, so sorry. You've no idea how sorry I am. It's all right. I'm so sorry. So, you could call all of this a big misunderstanding if you wanted to. A king was hurt, so he hurt a rat. And a rat was hurt, so he hurt a princess. And a princess was hurt. So she hurt a servant girl without even meaning to do it. And that servant had been hurting for so long that almost nothing could make her feel better. But was it a mistake or was it just good luck? Because the servant girl went back to her farm and the jailer finally found his princess and the king found something stronger than grief and the mice finally got rid of their fear. And the people of Dor lived side by side with their rats. All except one, who went back to sea and felt a cool breeze each morning and the sun in his face every afternoon. And we tell you that they all lived happily ever after. But, whoa! <gasps> what fun is that? So there you have it. I hope that if you haven't yet seen the film that I didn't spoil it for you. But uh, we find this theme of forgiveness everywhere, even in Hollywood. But now let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. First, let's look at Ephesians 4.32. Some of you know a song to this. I won't sing it. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This verse tells us why we should forgive others, doesn't it? Because God has forgiven us. He asks us to forgive others. Then Matthew 5, 23 and 24, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, 
And Jesus said, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So these verses tell us why it's so important to forgive others and to be reconciled with others, if we possibly can. God doesn't even want our worship if we haven't um, forgiven and been forgiven. And then Matthew 18, 21 and 22, here we read, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. So here we see how often we should forgive others. In just a few moments, we're going to have a little skit up here on the stage, and I'm going to need six volunteers. These are going to be uh, either teenagers or adults, no children, because the children get to watch the skit this time. So be thinking if you would like to be one of those volunteers. You don't have to learn any lines, all right? And we won't embarrass you. But the, um, uh, the point of the story that we're going to read uh, really has a lot to do with forgiveness. So, are you ready for this? Six volunteers. Here we go. Six volunteers. Just raise your hand quickly, quickly. I need your help. Six. There's one, two. One, two. Do I see another hand? Three. Yes. Was there two hands back there? Four. Is that Erica raising your hand? Five. And yes, and six. I see six back there. Come on up. All right, here we go. Oh, yes, come on up on the stage. We're going to give you a little costume here. All right. So, okay, we need a jailer. Oh, yes, look at, she's even wearing black. So this goes on your head, you know, you just kind of wrap it around, and then you've got a little band here. Then we need, oh, yes, yes. Well, no, 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 you're not Madonna. You're, okay, here you go, <laughs> around your head, here you go. Okay, did everybody see how that goes? Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay, that's your jail right, oh, jailer. That's your jail right over there, and then, May I present to you, ladies and gentlemen, King Christopher! Yes. He's had this role before, I know. Christopher gets a crown. Whoops. Don't need one of those. And, of course, a scepter. All right. The rest of you are servants. So just as uh, we did for Erica, you want to put one of these around your head. And you're going to have a headband. Here you go. There we are. Don't they look smart? Yep. Perfect. Oh, you got this, man. Yes. Is that going to stay on? Here you go. Right. Okay. So, uh, oh. Hmm. 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 
Okay, we've got a fellow servant here. Fellow servant. Even looks like a fellow servant. All right. Fellow servant. The king doesn't get a sign, of course, because we know he's the king. And the unforgiving servant. It's a very important role. You'll be happy I gave that to you. And, of course, the jailer. All right, here we go. So, the king is on his throne. Your throne is right there. The servants are over here. And uh, you, fellow servant, you're going to be right over here. Okay. Oh, and we have to read the story. Are we ready for this? Okay, jailer, you're back in jail. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, there you go. Excellent. All right. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one of them was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So you're right over here. By the way, 10,000 talents is about $6 billion in today's money. Billion. And since he could not pay, so how about on your knees maybe, because you're begging. You're begging. Yeah, you're begging. You're begging. Yes, very good. She's begging her brother. This is very awkward. Since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, I'm going to say a line and then you repeat it, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants. Okay, so you're right over here. This is, this is our second scene right over here. Okay, that's the throne room. This is this. Okay. But when that servant came out, he found one of his fellow servants who owned him 100 denarii, which is about $10,000. And seizing him... Yes, I know, it's terrible. Seizing him, he began to choke him, <laughs> saying, <laughs> it's okay, she's not actually going to choke you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so a little theater stuff here. All right, this is how you do a choking scene, in case anybody was wondering. So you put your hands around his neck, you put your hands on her hands, all right, she is trying to pull her hands away, and you're trying to pull her hands toward you, so you can never get hurt. Does that make sense? Okay, so, uh, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. We're, we're going to pick this up. Um, okay, choking looks good. <laughs> he went out and found one of his fellow servants who hold, owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down, on your knees. Very good. You can stop choking him, I think. <laughs> Very good. It's kind of fun, though, wasn't it? 
fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me. And I will pay you. He refused. Very good. And went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. Distress. And they went and reported to their master, the king, all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him, that's you, and said to him, you wicked servant. The king said, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. Yeah, yeah, he got that down. I forgave you all that debt. I forgave you all of that debt. Because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailer until he should pay all his debt. <laughs> that was not part of the parable, okay? You give them an inch and they take a mile. It's just, you know, these actor types are very hard to work with. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Give them a hand. All right. Very good. Costumes in the box right down there, please. Very good. Good job. Good job. My, they did a good job. Let's give them another hand. That was well done. Well done. I think it's so interesting that Christ uh, shared that parable with us, and it really shows, doesn't it, how important forgiveness is to God. Obviously, he sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven. He is a God of forgiveness. It's so important. I really would like us to dig down now into what is forgiveness. And for the rest of my sermon, most of the comments I'm going to be making are coming from this booklet called Forgiveness, The Freedom to Let Go. It's by June Hunt, who's a biblical counselor. It's in my opinion, the best thing I've ever read on forgiveness. And you get a copy today on your way out. If you would like, you can pick up a copy in the foyer. So let's try and answer this question first. What is forgiveness? To forgiveness is to forgive a debt. So in the parable that we just saw, the king forgave the servant's debt. When we've been offended, we feel that people owe us an apology, don't we? Or owe us restitution. But forgiving them is releasing them from what they owe us. 
It's dismissing the debt, just as that king dismissed his debt, at least at first. To forgive also means to release our resentment. And this resentment can be deep, can't it? It can be anger. It can be hatred for someone. Releasing resentment. Forgiveness also means to, res- to release your rights Your rights to hear, I'm sorry. Your right to be bitter. Your right to get even. Your right to dwell on the offense. Your right to keep bringing up the offense. Forgiveness is releasing the person who has offended you into God's hands and into God's righteous judgment. And that's what I experienced. Somehow, I was holding on to that student. When I released him to God, I felt that weight lift off. And lastly, forgiveness is a choice. It's an act of the will. We usually don't feel like forgiving, do we? We don't usually feel like forgiving. But after we forgive someone, God does something in our heart. His grace is there. And often our feelings change at that point. So there are many facets to forgiveness, aren't there? And in June's book, she goes through many more. But now let's talk about what forgiveness is not. I think this is just as important. What forgiveness is not. When we forgive someone, we're not saying that what they did wasn't so bad or that it was okay. We're not minimizing it. The fact that we're forgiving someone underlines that there was an offense and it needed to be forgiven. Forgiveness does not excuse unjust behavior. It doesn't explain away the hurt. Also, when we forgive someone, it doesn't mean that there won't be consequences and repercussions to their actions. Consequences are meant to motivate us to stop doing what we shouldn't do, right? Forgiveness is not letting the guilty person off the hook. It's moving them from your hook to God's hook. It's allowing God to execute his justice in his time and in his way. Also, forgiveness is not denying the hurt. We're Minnesotans. Some of us are from Northern Europe in our heritage. And we tend to stuff our anger and not talk about our true feelings. But this is not God's way is it? God isn't saying to us to deny that we've been hurt. On the contrary, we need to feel that hurt and then release it. Forgiveness isn't stuffing our anger. It's resolving our anger by releasing the offense to God. Also, forgiveness is not conditional. And this is a hard one for us, I think. It doesn't depend on the other person feeling guilt 
or admitting guilt. It doesn't depend on them apologizing or asking for forgiveness. Charlie Brown is never going to get Lucy to forgive, uh, to apologize, is he? It's not going to happen. Forgiveness doesn't involve the guilty person. It only involves us. Does that make sense? It's just a decision that we need to make. So, another thing that forgiveness is not, it's not reconciliation, is it? Reconciliation needs two people to agree on something. Reconciliation must be earned. It's based on repentance and a change in behavior, isn't it, on the part of the offender. It's a restored relationship based on restored trust. And lastly, forgiveness isn't natural. We don't naturally want to forgive people, do we? It's only God's grace and his mercy in us that will allow us and enable us to forgive others. I think there are many reasons why people don't forgive others, but I believe that one of the most common is that by not forgiving someone, we have, or we can have anyway, a feeling of power over the offender by continuing to hold that offense over their head. But this is probably not very effective because the offender may not even remember that they hurt us. They may not think that what they did was so bad, right? They may think we're overreacting. They may not care if we forgive them. When we don't forgive someone, we're really only hurting ourselves. I think also one of the greatest ironies of life is that the deepest offenses that we receive often come from people who are close to us, people who we love. We feel betrayed, deeply wounded. God wants to bring healing to our hearts and give us the ability to let go of those offenses. So I'd like to take a few moments right now, just in silent prayer. I'm going to invite you to ask God to give you his grace and his mercy to be able to forgive anyone who you need to forgive. So let's just spend a few moments now and then I'll uh, conclude in prayer. Lord God, thank you for giving us such a wonderful example of forgiving by sending your son to die on a cross because you so wanted to forgive each and every one of us. Father, we pray that that same grace and mercy that motivated you to send your son, the love of God, 
would fill our hearts and enable us to forgive those who have offended us, to release them into your hands, and to experience the freedom of forgiveness. Amen. Well, we've talked a lot about forgiving others today, but maybe we're the ones who need to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Let's watch a little movie clip. You guys are going to have to turn around to watch the clip. Um, let's watch a little movie clip here and see how Peter Rabbit responds when he has the opportunity to confess what he's done. Oh! Headlights! What? They're not even on! Come on! This is ridiculous! Chill! Okay, come on, get out of here, go! You once said that everyone has a place in this world. Well, this is your place, and you shouldn't have to leave because of something I did. Were they with you? Yes, they, they, they came to London. They came to London? Yes, to, to talk me into coming back. Well, they probably didn't talk. It was probably all in my head. No, but that's not the point. Look, I, I, you, you shouldn't have to leave. I'm sorry for everything that I did, and I love you, B. Aww. Ugh. You tried to kill them. You blew up their home. You blew up my home. Because I got caught up in everything. You know, I got caught up in our fight. Our fight? You're still going on about this. Pathetic. Come on, Betty, let's go. It was my fault. I, I take full responsibility. Oh, my hero, finally admitting that he blew up the borough. Not, as you previously claimed, the button on the detonator being pushed by a rabbit! Hello, sweetie. Are you okay? Hmm? You were a part of this? I told you! I, I did tell you. Believe this. It's a lot to process. It really is. Yes. Please forgive us. Which she does, of course. She does forgive them. Okay, to uh, wrap up today, I'd like to um, just talk very briefly about maintaining forgiveness. I think this is so important because those thoughts will come back uh, about the person who's offended us. So let's not dwell on the offense. Let's not dwell on it. Let's let scripture dwell on our hearts. And this booklet, to tell the truth, is 
full of scripture, great scriptures to meditate on. Let's overcome the temptation to bring up the offense again. Let's give the situation to God every time it comes back to mind. And let's pray for and bless that person who's offended us. Matthew 5, 43 to 47 says, You have heard that it was said, this is Jesus speaking, of course, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Unforgiveness is like a weight that we're carrying around. It keeps us from experiencing the freedom of God's grace and mercy. And we read about this in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. May the Holy Spirit give each of us the grace and the mercy we need to release those who offend us into God's hand. May the weight of unforgiveness be lifted from our souls, and may each of us experience the freedom of forgiveness.